Welcome to The Real Spiel with Ryan and Kurt. This is Ryan Katz with USCF Investments. This is Kurt Nelson with Summerhaven. Let's get real about Russia and Ukraine. The conflict has escalated recently. Financial markets have been rocked. Volatility has obviously ramped up significantly. How should investors think about this in a portfolio context? Uh, this has been a lot to absorb in a short period, period of time. It was not in anyone's forecast, Ryan. And one of the hard parts for allocators and investors is to plan for the unexpected. And I think we were dealing with rising inflation, uh, expectations of rising interest rates and Fed hikes before. And I think this has really changed the game quite a lot over the next kind of one to two year cycle minimum because Russia and Ukraine are huge producers of commodities. You know, back in 91, we saw Iraq roll into Kuwait. That was not expected either. And it was in some ways kind of odd, you know, kind of foreshadowing for what we saw in Ukraine. We saw Iraq build up tens of thousands of troops and tanks along the border of Kuwait, but no one really thought they were going to go in. And then they did. And we saw oil react just so um, sharply. And we saw, you know, prices double in a very, very short period of time. But the Kuwait Iraq story was really just about oil. And one of the things that all investors, including, you know, Summerhaven as an expert in commodities has been trying to digest is what does Russia and Ukraine mean for the commodity complex? Because they produce 25% of the world's wheat, they produce oil, they produce metals, you know, a number of other agricultural commodities. It's not a simple story. Yeah, I think oil and gas gets all the headlines and, and for obvious reasons. Um, but I don't think folks necessarily understand how much uh, of a massive wheat producer and and uh, metals producers that, that Russia and also Ukraine are. That's right. I mean, if you in the agricultural complex, Russia and Ukraine produce somewhere around 25 to 30 percent of the world's wheat. But, you know, Talking about world wheat production doesn't quite, you know, give the complete story because there are certain countries, for example, Egypt, uh, re you know, relies on 80 percent of their national uh, wheat supply from Russia. Uh, a number of other uh, Middle Eastern countries and European countries rely on, on Russia and Ukraine as sources of wheat. And it's a critical staple for a food source, carbohydrate store, source for for you know, really critical economies. And it goes deeper than that. It's, it's barley, it's, it's rye, um, it's corn. There's a, uh, an oil seed, uh, that's used as a biodiesel called rapeseed that they're a major producer of. It's hard to imagine right now that going into spring 22, Ukraine farmers are going to be kind of rolling out their tractors and getting in their fertilizer and, and, and seeds in the ground when they're trying to defend their homeland and deal with artillery shells uh, landing around them. So this is going to be a big impact on global food prices for 22 and beyond as we, as we roll into shortages. Beyond that, you mentioned metals. Uh, you know, Russia is a major producer of nickel, um, which is used as a catalyst in a number of, you know, uh, productive, uh, processes, not to mention uh, electric vehicles and batteries. They're a major producer of platinum and palladium metals, which are used in, for the most part, in pollution control, catalytic converters and smokestacks, things to kind of remediate carbon from the environment. 
in addition, they're a major gold producer. So just on the metal side, there's huge ramifications. If the gold and, and metals production from Russia is taken off market. Um, and then, as you said, you, you can't ignore the elephant in the room, which is that, you know, Russia is one of the top three producers of oil globally, but most of that oil is exported. So U.S. produces more oil than Russia does each year, but we use it here. I mean, we're, we're the largest economy in the world. We use a lot of oil, whether it's heating oil, uh, unleaded gasoline, other, you know, uh, products like propane or jet fuel come out of the cracking process. Russia exports a huge amount of oil. And based on what we're understanding, um, there may be government sanctions that prohibit the delivery of Russian oil, maybe Russian gas down the road. And we're also seeing just natural geopolitical consequences of the conflict where some countries are refusing to take, even without sanctions, delivery of Russian oil at their ports. So I think this really complicates the picture going forward. So when investors are you know, uh, looking to make adjustments to their portfolios, what can they do and, and, and how should they think about this conflict and positioning their portfolios moving forward? Well, one of the things that I would say is that predicting the future is 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 very difficult because it's uncertain, <laughs> which is sort of, you know, something that uh, someone else much wiser than I said at some point. I don't think investors have to kind of try to predict the future. You don't have to make your call on oil or gas or wheat. You know, I think you can be in diversified commodities and just understand that these are going to be inflationary pressures. And being broadly diversified in commodities is going to be a great place to be positioned as part of an overall strategic portfolio. Um, I would say that these are going to take some time to work out. Um, you know, the shortages that we're seeing in metals um, can take a long time to mitigate. Uh, creating a new mine takes three to five years, whether it's in precious metals or industrial metals. So if we need to mine more copper, more nickel, more gold, more platinum, palladium, we certainly can. It exists in the Earth's crust, but getting those mines approved, cited, permitted, and funded, and then started is going to is going to take years. Likewise, in the agricultural commodities, if we missed a if we miss a crop cycle in Russia and Ukraine because of this conflict, and um, we're missing out on important deliveries of corn, wheat, and other commodities it's going to take a year for the crop cycle to come around. You know, it's just the way agricultural commodities work. So the shortages that we could end up experiencing throughout the, the remainder of this year in 22 um, have a reasonable likelihood of persisting into 23 and beyond. Um, there's a great saying that, you know, the best cure for high prices is high prices. You know, so if, if if wheat goes to the moon, corn goes to the moon, I bet you American farmers and others are going to respond and start planning, uh, you know, in a significant way. But there's a threshold to what we can do to fill the gap if these Ukrainian and Russian markets are taken off. I have a feeling we're going to have plenty of follow-up discussions in the coming weeks and months going forward. This has been The Real Spiel with Ryan and Kurt. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>